Anthony Davis awakens to dominate the Nets. LA wins that game 116 and 103. How should we feel and how do we feel about where both teams stand currently, the Lakers and the Nets? How do we feel about both of these teams right now? And um, because of the mic is yours. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's I mean, you just you really handed me the rock on that one. Um, <laughs> let's start with these Lakers. Okay. Well, I think they three and ten, right? The only thing we got going for the Lakers right now is Le- is LeBron James going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time leading scorer? They're trash. They're garbage. They're horrible. I'm sorry. I know they beat the Brooklyn Nets last night, but that don't mean nothing to me. Anthony Davis is a shell of himself, although he had a spectacular game last night. I think he had 38 and 17. That was like his best game of the year. Can he continue to do that? Maybe. I don't know. But if I had to put my money on it, the answer is no. Okay? He's fragile. The man runs up and down the court holding his back, holding his knee, (laughs) shoulder. I mean, what are we doing here? Okay? Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench. Yes, he's playing better, but he's still not really affecting the game from a winning perspective. You understand what I'm saying? He's looking better. He's feeling better. But is he going to come off the bench and they're going to start winning games? LeBron James, he's putting up what I call hollow numbers. Okay? He's getting 25 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and it's not affecting the game. His his, his minus, uh, his, his positive minus probably be like a, a negative 37 because he's still not affecting the game. He's not putting his input on the game. But what this really comes down to is this. They can't play defense, bro. They can't stop nobody. And LeBron James, who's the leader of the team, his defense is probably the worst on the team. So when you don't see LeBron James giving off the effort defensively because he is saving himself offensively to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because he got a hidden agenda, okay? Team may see that. And I'm not going to go all out play defense if you're not. You know what I mean? Because LeBron James is about scoring right now. You go watch the games. They be down by 30. He got 16 points going into the fourth quarter. He wanted to score and getting 30. You know why? Because he's trying to pass Kareem to Jabbar. Okay? And clearly he didn't play last night. But the Lakers right now is horrible. Now let's go to Brooklyn really quick. It's a shame Kyrie is not playing. It's a shame with that whole situation. It really is. Okay? This is a super talented superstar. Young cat. Um, I know he's not 30 years old yet. I want to say he's maybe 28 or 29 years old. He's not playing. We know the reasons. And we know. We don't talk about all of that. I think Kevin Durant is also an issue with Kyrie not playing. I think their relationship have broken down. And I think Kevin Durant is not putting the pressure on the organization to say, yo, where's Kyrie at? Where's my running mate? You know what I mean? Whatever happened to them in the offseason where he wanted to get traded and him and Kyrie is not friends no more. It's showing up on the court right now, and I think that's a lot of reasons why Kyrie is not playing. I think Kevin Durant, if he had put the pressure on the organization, it wouldn't have been that much pressure on Kyrie. He kind of left Kyrie on an island, right? That's just my personal opinion from that perspective. Then when you go to Ben Simmons, this is the one of the most sorry stories I've ever seen in sports. This dude is 25 years old, okay? This man was averaging about 17 points, 8 assists, and 8 rebounds to averaging 3, 3, and 3. Trash. He can't play defense to save his life. He looks out of shape. He don't have confidence. I don't know what's going on there. They fired their coach, Steve Nash, to me, who never really was a coach. It's a dysfunctional franchise at the highest of levels. All the talent in the world, and y'all can't win. Okay? To me, that speaks to upper management and ownership. We want to pin it on the players because we're watching the product on the floor. Okay? Okay, but at the end of the day, that's management and ownership. Bad decision making at the highest of levels. Okay, and that's just the way I see it. A dysfunctional franchise. 
And Kevin Durant is right in the middle of all of that muck. And he needs to get it together. And they need to bring Kyrie back. That's the pretty system status. I mean, look. I mean, yeah. So, basically, I think when you look at both teams, obviously, I think what's wrong with both of these teams, and I think we already beat that horse. I know myself and Zay, we kind of beat the horse already that um, instead of trying to build a super team, they should have been looking to build a competent team. Right. When you look at both of those pieces, right. When you look at the Russell Westbrook trade, which we all know, I knew from day one that that wasn't going to work. They should have known it. They watch more. Ba- they play more basketball than I ever have. Right. I just watch from the sidelines. But um, they should have known that they obviously went for that. The James Harden trade. They went for that and they lost depth. They lost defense. They lost a lot. And the Lakers lost defense and depth as well. So instead of trying to build a competent roster with two stars, Anthony Davis, LeBron, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. They tried to go for the home run and they ended up messing and, and sabotaging the franchise. And now they are trying to find every last leg to save it, to try to, you know, just win a championship and keep their expectations alive when in all actuality is long gone for both teams. They are not going to be able. And the reason why I say so is because if you look at Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant, my biggest takeaway is that they are both players that you really shouldn't give up the farm for because what can they bring you and what are you giving for them to win with when you do give to buy? And that's where I come to these teams like the trailblazers. For an example, they are actually number one in the Western conference. Now, a lot of people could be like, can that stick, but they are number one and they have a bevy of draft assets and they have young players. What? So if you go after Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant, you're going to probably have to package Anthony Simons as your centerpiece. Him and Jeremiah Grant has been playing well. Jeremiah Grant on both sides of the ball, I mean, he's been doing well. And they've been actually filling that void left by C.J. McCollum in that backcourt to help Dame out. So you're going to package them, all right, with picks to get Kevin Durant. Are you a contender still? Are you even better? Maybe you are a contender, but are you better than where you are right now? Where's your center at? He's gone in the deal. Right. So you're going to basically cut your roster to try to contend. It's not going to happen. You take a team like the 76ers, who I saw last night, has reported interest in Kevin Durant to formulate a big three. They ain't learned. They ain't see what happened <laughs> with the Lakers. They ain't see what happened with the Nets. And they're going to try to go all in. OK, cool. Fine. What draft picks you have, bro? Where's your draft picks? So when you look at the Knicks, right, for example, that's another team. Okay, fine. You trade for Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis. You're losing R.J. Barrett. You're losing but, the one guy who's on, always on the floor. Y'all always doing good when he's on the floor and Obi Toppin. You're losing him. You're probably going to lose more pieces. Mitchell Robinson, where's his center yep. at? Go on in the deal. So when you look at a potential Anthony Davis-Kevin Durant trade, because a lot of people are thinking that that's the easiest fix, which in all actuality, the Nets and the Lakers should try to do for a team that's buying, is it really worth it when you get these guys? Or you contending? I said the Grizzlies should trade for Kevin Durant. But upon further consideration, Desmond Bain has been playing well this year so far alongside John Morant. Do you really want to cut out that roster? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know how these teams could get better. But what I can tell you is that giving up the farm for Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant is not worth it. I agree. You know, um, to answer this question... Um, how do we feel about where both teams stand currently? And I think, you know, there's a saying where it says it's just business, not personal. These two owners of the Lakers and the Nets 
are closely tied to this front office, to both teams' front offices, which should have been gutted this past season. They should have cleaned house between coaching, front office, GMs, everybody, and get a clean slate. Get a, a new front office in there. Get a new um, head coach in there on both teams. The way the Lakers did, they finally brought in Darvin Ham. That's great, but they needed to clean out of that front office. That that Lakers front office is stinks. It's a stench of just horrid decision making. Don't know what's going on. Doesn't know how to read scout players. Don't know how to bring anybody of value to this team. And he should have gutted the whole roster. You got to trade LeBron. You got to trade AD. Unfortunately, Westbrook, no one's taking Westbrook without attaching picks. So you keep him knowing that his contract is going to be up at the end of the season. And you allow him just to run out his contract, right? That's fine. When you talk about the Nets, the Nets had an opportunity to get Kyrie off the team. They get Kevin Durant off the team. Trade him away. You could have started fresher. Ben Simmons as a centerpiece of your team and allow him to play his contract because nobody else wanted him due to the theatrics he had over the offseason in Philly. You, you get draft picks back on both sides and you build, rebuild. That's what they should have done. Like the Utah Jazz did. Utah Jazz were winning games left and right. There weren't a team that was in that was in the play-in. There weren't a team that weren't just that weren't not making the playoffs. They had a three-time defensive player of the year. They had a multi-all-star on Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and they traded them away. You know why? Because they weren't winning championships. That's the whole thing. If you're not winning a championship, that's when you blow it up. They got a bevy of picks back. A bevy of picks. Now, Rudy Gobert got way more picks than anything. You know, I didn't anticipate that, but I'm pretty sure Anthony Davis get more, just as much uh, capital as uh, Rudy Gobert. I'm pretty sure LeBron James, Kevin Durant, depending on the team, you're going to get some um, draft capital back. Now, LeBron James is at the twilight of his career. You're not going to get as much as all these first-round picks that you would get for Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, but you're going to get some draft capital back. Kevin Durant, he hasn't looked like himself, but he's still scoring 35 a game. You're going to get draft capital back. Kyrie Irving, he's a headache. We understand that, but he wins basketball games. You're going to get draft capital back. These front offices are not understanding the position they are in. They're just getting worse and worse and worse. And you have to blame ownership. The owners are not getting the right front office guys in this building. They're not getting the right guys that know how to um, make a roster, build a roster, build a future. They're trading away their future. They get one championship. They get to a NBA finals. And then you don't even make the second round. When you traded the farm, you traded your whole damn near foundation. You took away the wood. You took away the, the cement. You got you just gave them soil and dirt. The whole bland is yours. Give me James Harden. I want James Harden. I'm going to give you everything, Houston. Give me James Harden. And now Houston has all your picks. Now, Houston, you can't even do anything because the Nets are so atrocious, they don't play both sides of the ball. If they're bricking shots, they're letting people score on the other side. They're not winning basketball games. They don't have a winning mentality. You fire Steve Nash a couple of games in. They're bringing Jacques Vaughn when you could have brought in a great head coach in the offseason. You could have brought in a, a great front office that could have dismantled the team. When Kevin Durant asked for a trade, fine, we'll trade you away because we're going to get stuff in return. Kyrie Irving would have traded away because we're going to get stuff in return. It is disgusting how these owner, these um, franchises are operating currently because they at one point were the bright lights in a, in a, in a league as one of the greater uh, franchises in the NBA. And now they both look like stench. They both look like just places you don't want to go to. It's just not a good look for either team. It's not a good look for the NBA that both these teams are playing in the way they are. I would say yeah. this. Even though everything that you said was worthy of being factual, the slight, the slight area where I would defend the Nets is because you made a point about, you know, the Jazz trying to contend for championships every year. Every year is the same result. Get knocked in the playoffs. Let's blow it up, right? You look at, the Trailblazers, you can say the same thing about the backcourt of CJ and Dane. Every single year, 
You know what I'm saying? We losing. Let's blow it up. That's one of the hardest decisions to make is how long do we be patient and when do we blow it up? Because the Celtics, people was calling for the blow up of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And guess what? They made the championship, should have won it. I think with the Nets, part of the issue is they just like everybody else where they look at that team and be like, well, there was unfortunate events that led to us, you know, um, losing. Kevin Durant almost beat Giannis with one leg by himself. James Harden had a bad hamstring. You know, um, Kyrie Irving was out. That was one year. There was one year where basically Kevin Durant redshirted, you know, upon a wife to the Nets because of the injury. Then you had last year's situation with the COVID pandemic. So I think those gave those situations and unfortunate events gave the Nets reasonable cause to say, okay, this should not be a COVID issue this year with Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant should be another year removed from that Achilles injury. We have Ben Simmons. Maybe we could rejuvenate his career and he could be a complimentary piece to those two stars. And that's why I don't fault the Nets for not trying to trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving during the offseason when you also consider the fact that it's a hard trade to make because you're not wanting to get slight. It's Kevin Durant. He's playing his best basketball right now. He's the only player right now thus far to have a 25-point game in every single game this year. So we're not going to slide ourselves. You're not just going to have me on Winky Dick package and think I'm going to accept that. And if you're the team that's trying to be the recipient of Kevin Durant, you're not going to gut your roster out because you have knowledge that, all right, this doesn't make me significantly better. So it's an impossible trade to make. So I'm not going to fault the Nets for trying to run this back. But in all actuality, there's going to have to come a time where they're going to be like, all right, if we can't get it together, then we need to trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Real quick, and before, Freddie, you get in here, I just want to say that the reason why you trade Kevin Durant is to get draft assets back. You're not getting superstar players back, and that's what the Nets kept asking for. We want at least two all-star players back, and that's not what you're trading Kevin Durant for. I know, but but still, if there's all the factors that I talked about, them being this close, they were, mm-hmm. with James Harden and Steve Nash as, as a coach, they were the number one seed at one point. With James Harden and Kevin Durant without Kyrie Irving. At one point, Kevin Durant almost beat the team that everybody look at as the cream of the crop in the East by himself. So there was life, there was heartbeats before you obviously take them off life support. You saw a heart beating. So it's like those are the obviously tough decisions to make. Do we pull the plug or you show them your heartbeat? When do I do it? Now, we could disagree and say they should have done it before. I get all that. But I'm just trying to understand where the Nets is coming from and why they haven't traded Kevin Durant this far. Look. I look at it like this, man. We are in the crossroads of the back end of LeBron James era and the LeBron James super team era. And teams don't know how to do it, right? When LeBron James and D-Wade and Chris Bosh came with the super team thing, everybody was jumping on board. Let's do a super team. Let's do that. Look, we can build a dynasty. Let's get some championships. But as the, the back end of LeBron James' career, it's not working. And I think right now, super teams are just not working. Uh, trying to get everybody in together, the Kyries to the Kevin Durant's on the same team, on the same page, healthy at the same time, and build chemistry at the same time to go win a championship, it's not likely anymore. Building your team authentically is the way to go win. That's really what it is. Look at Boston. Look at Milwaukee. And we can even say Golden State, no disrespect, even though they got Kevin Durant and made a super team, the simple fact that they won a championship this year with that core that they had, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, okay? That's the way you build the team. And if you want to add a superstar to my core, 
That's totally different. They did not gut their team to get Kevin Durant, okay? They just added Kevin Durant to already assembled roster. That's how you build dynasties. Do not gut your core. That's what everybody thinks they got to do to build super teams. And no disrespect, the Miami Heat with the LeBron James team, that was all free agency. They didn't gut their team. And you can't gut your team to bring in superstars. You just can't do it. And we talked about it with the Brooklyn Nets, no disrespect. When they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie, why would you go get James Harden? Why did you do that? They had the deepest the bench in the league prior to that move. You didn't need to gut your team to bring in this one guy. All of your role players, all of your glue guys are gone. Why? Because you want to bring in another superstar? That's That was the mentality. I think these owners and these GMs got to get back into the mentality of assembling a good roster, not superstars. And they need to get back to getting you? fired. That's what they need to get back to because no one's been fired in either in front offices. I don't get that. They fired yeah. the coach. The coaches is always a scapegoat, <laughs> right? Um, my guy Frank Vogel on the Lakers, Steve Nash, and um Kenny Atkinson on the Nets. I would say this though, Cuzzo, your point kind of does assist my point in the sense that you talked about LeBron James going to Miami free agency, Kevin Durant going to the Warriors free agency. That also means as a seller, it's still a hard trade to make. Yeah, because no, the team I, will be gutting out that roster to add them I, in. So kind of basically assist yeah. my, my take. So we'll have to see what the Nets do and what the Lakers do from here on out. But we all can agree that it's not pretty.